Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research, conducting interviews, and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 70 of the Restoring Report podcast. Super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a show about prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions and keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers. And today we're going to be reading and reviewing an article entitled, Why You Might Keep Watching Porn Even Though You Don't Want To. And uh, this is an article title that reached out and grabbed me just immediately because I know a lot of people uh, in this world find themselves stuck in a habit of porn consumption, even though they hate the actual thing they're consuming. Um, this is an article by Fight the New Drug. This is a well-respected organization that fights for human trafficking victims, child abuse victims, uh, CSAM victims, um, anything that you can think of that goes wrong in the porn industry, rape, coercion, exploitation, they take care of this here. They fight against that. They raise awareness. Um, they help the victims. So this is just a really good organization. I would highly recommend you check out all, all their articles and videos, which are available at fightthenewdrug.org. And I will include the link to this article in the show notes so you can access all the material they have out. They have three excellent documentaries entitled Brain Heart World. Um, and I, they're just wonderful, exceptional documentaries that detail the three ways, kind of the three broad ways that porn can impact you negatively, uh, impacts your brain negatively, impacts your heart negatively, and it impacts the world negatively. And that's kind of how they break it up. And they just do a wonderful job going through kind of educating people on basically what it does to you and what it does to the world, um, simply by existing in such, such a mass on such massive scale through the internet today. So let's, I'm really excited for this article though. Let's continue into it here. The, it was written on August 25th, twenty two. 2022. So this is a very new article. It's only been out for a couple of days. So I'm really excited to read it. The subtitle is not everyone who watches porn is or will become addicted, but porn addiction is real as evidenced by research from respected institutions. Many people in our society want to quit their porn habit because of personal relation or ethical reasons, but they can't seem to stop going back to it. Can you relate? Do you commit, your, do you commit yourself to quitting, but find yourself going back? 
to porn. You could be dealing with an obsession, compulsion, or in some more serious cases, an addiction to porn. Not everyone who watches porn will become addicted, but porn addiction is real as evidenced by decades of research from respected institutions. So let's talk about pornography addiction. Is porn addiction real though? Experts have pointed out that while some individuals can become addicted to porn, the majority of porn consumers are not addicted. While this article focuses on the science behind pornography addiction, keep in mind that many of the negative effects of pornography consumption can still affect consumers regardless of whether their habits qualify as diagnosable addictions. So basically right here they're saying that just because you don't qualify as um, uh, clinically diagnosed as addicted, that doesn't mean that you're not encountering the negative effects of pornography um, because you don't have to be addicted to be inhaling uh, negative and disastrous effects for yourself and others, right? It has nothing, the the uh, validity, the um, morality, the ethical nature, the question of the ethical nature of, of porn is not something that has to do with addiction. It's either wrong or it's right. It's either harmful or it's not. Um, and it doesn't really matter if you're addicted to it, right? We wouldn't say that cocaine is, we would say that cocaine is addictive, but we wouldn't say that for those of them, for those people who use it recreationally, oh, it's fine, right? No, it's harmful to you regardless of how you're using it. It's not something that's intended to be entering your body, right? And I would say that's the same with porn. So let's keep going here. So what qualifies something as an addiction? According to the American Sociology, According to the American Society of Addiction Medicine, addiction is defined as a treatable chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, and environment, and an individual's life experiences. People with addiction use substances or engage in behaviors that become impulsive and often continue despite harmful consequences. As many experts agree, pornography consumption is a behavior that can, in fact, qualify as an addiction in serious cases. Because so much of addiction happens neurologically, some experts have determined four major brain changes common to addicted brains, sensitization, desensitization, hype, hypofrontality, and a malfunctioning stress system. Spoiler alert, research confirms that each of these brain changes can be found in cases of pornography consumption. While each of these brain changes is discussed at length through our Get the Facts series, this article focuses primarily on sensitization and its presence in problematic pornography consumption. What is sensitization? So here they're going to give you a definition kind of that's going to define the terms of how they're going to talk about. And again, they're talking about here people who are perhaps not addicted but continue to go back to pornography even though they don't want to, even though they their will is not there. They're continually returning to it for some reason either to get a need that's unmet, I would say, because they're lonely, because they're depressed, because they're feeling bad, um, because they don't have something, things in their life to fill their time. There are many reasons that, that that can happen, I would say, but let's see what they say. Let's keep going here. According to one theory on the roots of addiction, the ins- the incentive sensitization theory repeatedly engaged engaging in addictive behaviors can create powerful memories and associations between substance or behavior and the things that surround it. Because of those powerful associations, certain cues can generate, oh, they're going to go into triggers here, I bet. Certain cues can generate intense physiological responses and cravings that can then pull the addict back into the substance or behavior. In everyday conversation, we sometimes refer to sensitization as the feeling of being triggered. Yeah, they're going to go into triggers. And my experience with triggers, guys, is they're, they, I'm, I'm sure I, they are a thing, I suppose, but I, in the end, I think they don't deserve as much, um, 
attention as they get because you don't solve a porn addiction or a porn problem or a porn um a, a porn habit by removing triggers that's not how you solve it that does not get rid of the root issue that does not get rid of the issue of why pornography is there in most of the people that i see uh, pornography is there because it is capitalizing on a lack of healthy sexuality Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to and now without further ado let's get back to the episode everybody everybody's marriage is happy not everybody's marriage is full of a loving relationship where sexuality is present with any form of you know consistency so you know just just getting married doesn't necessarily solve a porn addiction but i would say that pursuing the goal of marriage and pursuing the goal of a healthy relationship with a woman or a man um and for the long haul permanently and develop your, developing your relationship to the point that it is healthy and that you are sexually intimate and that you are close to one another and that you trust one another, cultivating an atmosphere of uh, respect and trust and honor, then sexuality is going to increase, then your connection is going to increase, and that is what get a, gets rid of the desire to even look at pornography. Because if you have the need met, again, I've said this a billion other places, if you have the need met, you don't go out and drink puddle water, Okay. If you're thirsty and you have water from a fridge, if you have pure, clean water, Jesus would say if you have living water, you're not going to go out and drink garbage. You're not. Because why would you do that? Why would you do that? Guys, if you have every need met that God gave you in the, in the way that God intended, if you're meeting the needs that God gave you in the way that God intended, you're not going to have the urge to meet them through sinful um, lustful, immoral, unethical ways. You're just not. Okay. So that's what I'm really fighting for people to pursue through this show. That's why I'm such a huge advocate of getting married young guys. If you, a lot of people do not, they postpone getting married for so long that it actually sets them up to battle with porn addiction for over a decade because puberty kicks in around like 12 or 13. And most people don't, men, the average age of first marriage for men in this country today is 29. Guys, it's unreal. It's like 15 plus years of battling this addiction, at which point you've probably failed so much that it's become a habit. It's become a habitual occurrence in your life um, that is now going to be so much more of a problem to deal with because of the time that you allowed it to grab a foothold in your life. Whereas those who look to get married young as soon as possible, those who develop themselves as healthy spouses and parents when they're young so that by the time they're 18, by the time they reach their early 20s, they're ready. And they've found somebody and they get married and they cross the line and they step into commitment. Those people don't have those years of struggle, right? Not only do they not have, not only do they have access to their intimate partner for longer than a person will 
who gets married at 29 because we only live for a certain amount of time on this earth, but they don't have the years of struggle that most people do. So that's why I'm such a huge advocate of getting married young on this show. Um, and it's just, it's just so important, guys. That is what I would say solves the actual problem of pornography. Pornography is only a problem because it is, again, a incorrect way of fulfilling a God-given desire. God gave you the desire for a healthy sexual relationship with a woman. That's something you need to pursue. Um, when you don't have that or when you are choosing not to pursue that, things are going to step in and try to fill the void that shouldn't be there. Again, that's that's what I would leave you with. Solving your triggers, uh, dealing with your triggers is not going to prevent a porn addiction, okay? The only way to prevent a porn addiction is by going to the root. Let's continue with this article, though. For example, a former smoker may say with total sincerity, I hate cigarettes. Cigarettes ruin my health. I hope I never see another cigarette in my life. And yet if they experience certain cues, they smell the smell of tobacco, the place where they used to smoke, or even just a certain time of day, they may experience sudden urges, which can be incredibly difficult to resist. Again, that goes back to the habitual nature of pornography. Uh, that's more of a habit type thing, I think. That's the power of habits. There's a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits that I actually have not read, but I've heard the author interviewed in some podcasts before stellar work highly recommend that book for those of you who are looking to number one formulate good habits because habits are powerful but also number two uh, disrupt bad habits because once you get in a habit i think it's like 60 days is what it usually takes of doing the same thing to form an actual habit so if um and then by habit it's something that is really hard to stop so basically if you do something for 60 days or more you're gonna it's gonna be really hard for you to change up that habit which is good or bad right you can develop good habits that it's it makes it hard for you to shake those up and change those um and that's really great for you right but you can also develop bad habits, and that's where uh, he's getting into triggers here and that kind of thing. I think those are related to the nature of habits and not necessarily addictions. But let's continue going. These connections can sometimes last for years, even after quitting. The same sensitization process can happen with porn. That's true. In fact, dozens of studies have exhibited sensitization's role in problematic porn consumption, including a number of studies that also illustrate the similarity between substance addiction and the compulsive pornography consumption. One of them, and by the way, this article, guys, they have at least 18 sources so far that are scholarly articles. They are so well-researched. Uh, if I were to try and argue with this, I would be out of my league. And they attach their sources directly into the article where they're saying these things. So it makes it super easy to access if you're interested in delving into the research behind this argument. It is so easy for you to do so. I will include, again, this link in the show notes. One of the most interesting aspects of sensitization is the distinction it draws between a large and powerful wanting part of our brain and the relatively small liking portion. In the case of porn, for example, repeated use can cause the liking part of our brain to become numb to porn's effects, even as the connections being formed by the wanting portion of our brain are becoming more and more entrenched. Interesting. So you can hate something that your your brain is actually wired to, is wiring itself to continue pursuing. So, for example, a person who continually looks at porn, that reminds me of that verse in, the, in in Scripture, in the Bible, where it talks about dogs returning to their own vomit over and over and over. And um, it basically, I think it's in Proverbs, and that, that principle is just so uh, true here. It's something that you obviously find detestable, but for some reason you continue, continue to go back to it, um, again, because of how your brain is wired, because of the power of habits, because of the fact that you're, uh, you don't have the actual need that God gave you met, so... Therefore, you are pursuing and uh, not pursuing. You're not even pursuing. It's just that things are going to attack you when you're vulnerable. So when you don't have a woman to protect your heart, when you don't have a woman that you're close to, you're going to find yourself vulnerable to all of these uh, naked bodies on the Internet that are frankly going to beat at the door until you yield um, because you're unprotected, right? 
you're unprotected. Uh, when you're protected, it's you're, you have a much better fighting chance. So I would say let's continue here. So for example, a person who's continually look, looking at porn when they're lonely or bored may find that loneliness or boredom trigger an intense desire to view porn even as the porn itself brings less and less pleasure. That's actually a good point too. I actually do know that porn consumption um, occurs. So like here's something that I learned in psychology class, which is actually one of the few uh, useful things that I learned in college, <laughs> is that uh, your brain, when you are cons- experiencing consistently low levels of dopamine, consistently low levels of a high, like you're not feeling good all the time, it's been called depression, things like that. Maybe you're not clinically diagnosed, but when, you're, when your body is experiencing consistently low levels of pleasure and joy and dopamine, your brain will do whatever it takes to actually bring you up to a normal level of happiness. Okay. And likewise, when you are experiencing uh, abnormal or abnormally level, high levels of dopamine, um, and happiness hormones and, and chemicals, your brain will, uh, bring that down. So what happens with addictions is if you get to the top and you're, if you're maintaining that top, your brain is going to try to bring you back down to a normal level. And that can actually lead to, that's what actually leads to the, you end up ending up not being able to feel pleasure at all. You can actually get to the point, and again, drug addicts, this is a common problem for them. They, they, they bring their dopamine levels so high that their brain p- tries to push it down so much that they can actually remove their ability to feel pleasure from anything normal in life ever again. And that's why it's so serious. Uh, when you're getting into stuff like this, guys, you need to realize how your brain works. If you're feeling bad, your brain's going to try and get you to feel better. And that might involve pornography. Okay. If you're feeling good all the time, your brain's going to try and bring you down and your tolerance level becomes so high. That's the tolerance thing. If you're consistently used to a certain level of dopamine, your brain's going to drop that so low that if you don't have that consistent level of dopamine, if you're not doing these things like taking heroin or cocaine or all these things, then your brain is simply not going to be able to feel experience pleasure from anything normal. You're going to require more and more and more to get you back up to that high. And that's why it's so scary and addiction is so scary. So it's really important for us to realize that. Hi, guys. This is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Combined with the other brain changes inherent to addiction, sensitization can make porn incredibly difficult to quit. You can absolutely quit porn. That's their next heading. The good news, however, is that change is absolutely possible. Research and the experiences of thousands of people have demonstrated that over time, pornography's negative effects can be managed and largely reversed. In fact, even in cases of serious substance or other addictions, research shows that the brain can heal over time with sustained effort. Again, the power of habits there. You get rid of the bad habits, you develop new ones, your brain's going to heal, right? Research also indicates that while guilt can motivate healthy change, some shame actually fuels problematic porn habits. So if you're trying to give up on porn, be kind to yourself and patient with your progress. That's what a lot of coach, coaches that I uh, follow online talk about who uh, deal with a lot of guys who are struggling with pornography. They're very big into being patient with yourself, understanding the real reason behind your addiction. And that's incredibly important if you actually want to get anywhere. Like anything, it takes time for a brain to recover, but daily efforts make a big difference in the long run. Think of it like a muscle that gets bigger and stronger the more you use it. The longer you stay away from porn, the easier it is to do so. All it takes is practice. And again, guys, that 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 point there that made about understanding where you came from and why you're actually looking at the porn that you're looking at is something I've learned from Jay Stringer's book, Unwanted. Sarah Brewer, Brewer Coaching also talks about it. Um, and there's just a lot of people who really understand the nature of sexuality and why why sexual dysfunction is present. 
And the reason it's present is because, again, the, the whole version, the sexual health, is not present. Okay. And that's something that has, I, that has impacted my story greatly, guys. When, when, I, in the times of my life, when I have continued to postpone marriage, not look at it in the, not look at it at all, um, continue to postpone relationship with a woman, continue to, uh, not really pursue that or pursue it in a stupid way, chase a woman who's not interested for years. That's a dumb idea. Cause then you end up, you know, years down the road, you've wasted three years of your life. She's not interested. So you're not getting away there. Now you have to start looking for other people. But since you haven't started doing it early, your timetable is just getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And all the while, all the while demons are beating at your door. Okay demons are beating at your door. And it's so important. That's why I'm so passionate about getting young believers to actually prioritize and pursue becoming healthy spouses early so that they're ready to get married when they're like 18 to 21. I don't, I really do not advise going beyond that, especially particularly for men, guys. I do not advise going beyond uh, much further than that at all. Um, I would have, looking back over my life, I wish I would have gotten married at 18. And and I'm not saying I wish I would have just married the first person I saw at 18. I wish I would have invested in finding finding people and expanding my social circles and pursuing a woman that I cared about who was interested in me when I was 18. Because, again, you do not want to postpone what God designed you to pursue early. You really don't. You really, really don't. Let's continue. Need help. For those who re- who are reading this who feel like they are struggling with pornography, you are not alone. Check out Fortify, a science-based recovery platform dedicated to helping you find lasting freedom from pornography. So they're giving you some research, uh, some resources here for building some better habits. Fortify now offers a free experience for both teens and as adults. Contact with others, learn about your unwanted porn habit, and track your recovery journey. There's hope. Sign up today. So then they include their citations at the bottom of the article here. They have a total of 24 citations that all look like scholarly research, peer-reviewed articles. I'm very impressed with the research this company has done. Of course, they have top-of-the-line people working on all that they write because they have such a large following in there. So such an influential voice in the in the world of human, fighting human trafficking, um, shutting down pornography on the internet, uh, c- creating safeguards so that children do not have access to this explicit material, um, fighting pedophilia, fighting uh, abuse, trafficking, exploitation, everything. They're fighting everything. And j- just the amount of work that they're doing through their articles, their videos, their podcasts, their documentaries is just absolutely unreal. So again, check out Fight the New Drug. Highly recommend this resource. I've been following them for a long time. Everything they post is so incredibly good. Um, they are not particularly from a religious perspective. And again, I'd say that's actually smart because this show is explicitly religious. I make arguments for believers on this show. I also include arguments that you should be able to consider if you're not a believer. Um, but I, it, because this show is from a Christian perspective, I make arguments from a Christian perspective. These people do not do that because they want their audience to be everybody. Again, they're trying to reach everybody, I would say, and they're using science. They're using personal accounts. They're using, um, really that's about it. They use primary sources. They use people who have exited the porn industry and tell you what it's like on the inside. And they bring horrible stories, guys. You should hear the interviews of these women who come out of this industry. It's absolutely awful. It's so sad. And again, they detail that in their world documentary. Um, and also on their podcast, you can listen to interviews of countless women that they've interviewed who have come out of this, this horrible situation. And they're telling you what it's like to be on in the pornography industry from the inside. And it's so sad to me. It's so unbelievably sad, the stuff that those women go through. And educating yourself is actually a great way to, um, quench your desire and stop your desire to look at, look at pornography. Because when you realize what's ap- actually happening on the inside, when you realize what these women are going through, that they're really not just an actor paid to come to set and do something that they're really not having a good time, that they're really not enjoying all this stuff they're doing. It really, 
it really makes it hard for you to enjoy looking at porn. And I know it makes it harder because guys, um, anything you can do to make it harder for, to, uh, go back to porn is a good thing, right? So educate yourself, understand what these people are going through. And I would say that's another great step. Put up covenant eyes on your phone. I pay like 1557 a month to have covenant eyes send screenshots of my phone randomly taken throughout the day to my accountability partners. And, um, a lot of people are like, oh, that's a violation of privacy or whatever. But at some point it's like, you've got to make, you've got to take whatever steps you, you, you need to take in order to make it as hard as possible on yourself to look at pornography. Guys, I have thrown my devices out the windows before I've, I've thrown them like just on the concrete and shattered them intentionally because th- at this point there's literally, you know, that verse in scripture where Jesus talks about if your hand is causing you to sin, it's better to cut it off. If your eye is causing you to sin, it's better to cut it off. Um, the, 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 the point there is that it's better to take extreme measures than to continue in a pattern of behavior that is causing you problems and that is wrong and that is moral, right? It's better to take extreme measures. So throwing your phone out the window, intentionally breaking your devices, throwing them on the concrete, installing covenant eyes on your phone, sending screenshots ra- randomly taken throughout the day to your accountability partners, um, you know, getting rid of all your devices, getting not a smartphone, getting, going back to a flip phone, just all these extreme things cutting off your hand, cutting off your eye in a sense, uh, like Jesus talked about is, is really good because that's what enables you to actually make progress. Right. But again, I would say the, the best, the best thing to do there is use your hand and your eye to do what God designed them to do. Right. And that is pursue a woman. Okay. In the context of a permanent relationship where both individuals are safe because there is covenant. So I would say that is what you really need to pursue ultimately, and that is what you do not need to postpone, because again, the longer you postpone that, the more wolves are going to have access to you on your journey to marriage, okay? So that is what I would say. I hope that is an encouraging thought to leave you guys with it, but more than encouraging, I hope it's, it, I hope it prompts you to make wise choices when you're young. I hope it prompts you to um, understand what matters when you're young and pursue what matters and spend your time wisely, because you don't have as much time as you think you do. You don't have infinite time right? You do not have infinite time. This is not an infinite time issue. You only have so much time. Your defenses against uh, sexual dysfunction are going to only going to hold so long if you are postponing marriage. So I would encourage you guys there to pursue what matters like this show talks about all the time. So thank you guys so much for listening. I will include this article in the show notes. As always, if you love this show, if you like what we do here, if you want to let me know what you thought of the episode, reach out and let me know through a voice message. You can send me a voice message through the link in every episode's show notes. I love hearing your voice. It makes me feel more connected to my audience. So reach out and let me know what you thought of this episode that way or reach out on social media. Also, I love hearing from you guys there as well. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next time.